0: More than once, actually.
2: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting.
3: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free
2: right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Night fans, so sorry you missed the live show, but this replay is brought to you by Gordon & Partners. Gordon and Partners are dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who've been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own. It's important that you get legal advice directly from somebody you trust, which in our case is Michael Hoffman, a UCF alum. Contact Michael directly at 407-913-5350 or visit the website fortheinjured.com. Don't just trust anybody. Trust a fellow Knight. Trust Gordon and Partners for the Injured.
1: Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trace Trollco. Welcome into the Sons of UCF Live, 14 days from kickoff. Adam, Mike, hello.
3: Greetings, Trace. We're getting so close, man. I can't wait for these next 14 days to just fly by. I'm sure they're not going to fly by, but I cannot wait for these next 14 days. And then we have four months full of football. Nothing better.
0: It feels like it's been forever since we played a football game, since we walked out of that stadium in Tampa, glorious over the Gators. Finally, we're almost there, man. Almost. Two more weeks. I can't wait.
1: Speaking of glorious over the Gators, just ending now. Women's soccer, three second-half goals. The Knights beat the Gators in the season opener for UCF Women's Soccer. Head coach Tiffany Roberts-Hadek with her 100th win as head coach of the Knights. Knights get off to a 1-0 start on the season. And just like beating the Gators in the Gasparilla Bowl, how sweet it is.
3: Always good to get a victory to start the season. Even better to get it against the team in the states. Uh, nice bragging rights. And if you want more on women's soccer, Trace, I think there's might be a little YouTube channel. Suns UCF. We have a feature on uh, on on the team and sort of what to expect. So uh, uh, good to be in the win column. Always good to beat the Gators.
0: Three nothing in soccer. What is the equivalent of that in football? footballs? Like seventy-two nothing. That's a blowout.
3: Well, unless you give it like seven
1: points, you know, for touchdown. So like 21, nothing. But I like yours better. I like yours better. Uh, Next, the other breaking news uh, this afternoon. Boom with a question mark. A cow's quarterback possibly joining the Knights. Timmy McClain, who entered the transfer portal after not being chosen as starter over in Tampa, rumored to be coming to UCF, being reported by various outlets. What do you think of this, guys? The Sanford Seminole High School product possibly joining the Knights.
3: Yeah, we talked last year. I thought he was a solid quarterback. I thought he was a good player. We saw him play, obviously, uh, in Orlando. He played He played well. Um, so certainly some Nearly talent won. there. Nearly
1: won yeah, that game, right?
3: Certainly some some talent there. Um, now, in our quarterback room with our situation, I think that's what's going to be interesting. Um, I suspect he's going to have to redshirt this season just based on timing of transfer. So in, in reality, he's a 2023 quarterback. You think about the quarterbacks we have, everybody in the room now, technically speaking, is eligible to come back and play again next year. Plus, we add in a recruit, Dylan Risk, from uh, from Cardinal Gibbons. So, crowded quarterback room, what does this mean for the future? I don't know. It always does feel good, though, to A, take something from the cows, and B, listen, Gus is not, uh, he's, not a, he's not a, you know, he's not a dimwit upstairs, Trace. I'll put it this way. This is a kid locally from Orlando. You know, one of the one of the knocks we had on hypo was he did not recruit Orlando appropriately. We lost Timmy and Jimmy both to the cows. And this could be a little bit of Gus saying, hey, you know what? Let me continue to shore up that hometown hero's philosophy. Let me bring this kid home. Let me, you know, maybe Jimmy wants to come with him. Maybe other players want to come with him. So I think there's a twofold move. One, he's got talent. He's on the squad. You never know what'll happen. And two, locks up that Orlando, uh, that Orlando area that Gus has been craving to do so.
0: At the very least, it gives us a lot of inside information for that game in Tampa at the end of the year, right? He's got to know the whole playbook. He's got to know all their signals. What
3: what inside info do you need? (laughs) Three plays? (laughs) I mean, what what kind of inside info do you need?
0: We need as much as we can so we can beat them by worse than 64 to 12. I want to know every single play that they're running ahead of time. Jimmy is is the guy (laughs) that's going to give us all that info. Uh, I think it's a good, good pickup. He's got talent, obviously. McLean, is he a top five McLean? I know John McLean for sure. I, I can't think off the top of my head, the other four McLeans. <laughs> are we ready
1: to embrace uh, a former cow though? Is that uh, night nation? We ready to, it certainly has rankled. Uh, What's a cow? is it a cow? Cow family. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> has right,
3: that yeah. ever happened? Do, have we? I know we've had a few guys leave us to go to the cows. Have we ever taken a cow?
1: Somewhere along the line, we have. Costs
3: right? advisor. If you're out there somewhere, yeah. I'm sure you have the answer to this yeah. question. Have we ever transferred in a cow? Hmm. Somewhere
1: along the line, we have none that are coming to mind uh, right off the top. But uh, yeah. uh, uh, interesting, that fence around Central Florida, uh, Gus building it and uh, that a big move uh, if it comes to fruition, reeling in uh, the uh, former. South Florida quarterback. Also big news, 14 days out from the opener in the Bounce House. Mike, I know this caught your eye. I saw the post on social media. Changes in the Bounce House. Alcohol sold stadium wide now. Get your gluten-free hot dogs. Maybe not in every section. And and the boozy popsicles, which should become a staple of uh, our tailgates.
0: Yeah, I've never heard of boozy popsicles before. That sounds interesting. Sounds refreshing uh, on a hot day, you know, early September. You can cool down and get drunk at the same time. That sounds fun. Uh, hot dogs. I didn't see them there listed at the top of the cabana. Maybe there's still time. I, I, there's not a lot of work that needs to be put in to get that done. I don't think. Um, overall, should it alcohol,
1: happen, this is going to be all because of you.
0: If it happens, yeah, it's definitely because of me. If it doesn't happen, obviously it just shows that they don't care anything that I think. Um, but alcohol around the whole stadium, I guess it's fun for everybody else. I'm sure that should help with ticket sales,
3: you would think. Two strong options there. Uh, the boozy popsicle seems like a lot of work. I feel like if I want to drink, I want to drink. I don't want to melt my drink for like 40 minutes to enjoy it. I did see seltzer is now being uh, publicized sensory throughout the cabana. Last year, we had some sort of a weird, funky Buddha situation. Uh, I'm going to need, uh, I'm going to need some of those white claws up there, Trace. But uh listen, Everyone's going to alcohol in stadium. UCF is not the only school that's kind of making this change. I saw Alabama did the same thing. Uh, obviously, hopefully, it's done responsibly. We don't need to get uh, rowdy and have a bunch of fights and a bunch of other nonsense take place. That's going to happen, of course. But Timo's <laughs> trying to make some, you know, trying to make some uh, some revenue, and and <laughs> here's a good way to do it. Only bumblebee looking for a way to shock a popsicle is fantastic. <laughs>
0: You know, a couple of Uh, black guys, it might be the price to pay to make some more money at the stadium, and that's what's going to happen. It's going to take us back to the old Citrus Bowl days. I remember when we were sitting there next to the student sections, I used to see fights all the time at those games, so it's going to happen again. Um, Just the price you pay, I guess.
1: 14 days out, 379 season tickets left. Practice number 14 in shells this Thursday. Media with the opportunity to talk with center Matt Lee and safety Quadra Bullard as well. Offensive coordinator Chip Lindsey. Who is not ready to announce that uh, quarterback decision? Let's hear from him.
2: No reason, just hadn't just hadn't decided yet. You know, I guess more than anything, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think there's a certain blueprint of when you got to have it done. I think it's just when you know, and
1: uh, of course, you'd like to know last spring, but obviously we didn't. So uh, I just think it's one of those things we want to we want to give them as many opportunities as we can before we feel like we have to make a decision, and then uh, and uh, go with it from there. So do you believe them? Do they still not know, or have they already decided and uh, they're just playing it out?
3: Trace, I'd love to be a football coach because you can just lie whenever you want. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> you can just lie all the time, every day, every just lie, 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 and nobody cares. We're not going to call you on it. we're gonna forget about it long enough. I suspect they know who, who their guy is at this point, point. Um, and, and obviously the game plan is already beginning for South Carolina State. I think with this close to the season, whether they have told everybody or not, I assume they have, but I think they have their guy. And I just I think Chip's just doing a little smoke screen there. If they really
0: don't know, I'm starting to get pretty concerned about this whole situation. Because I don't think they don't know because both guys are just blowing them out of the water during practice. I think they don't know because you know nobody's really impressed them and taken over the job yet. So uh, if that's really the case, I'm starting to get a little worried.
1: It is certainly interesting. They practice again Friday and shells full pads on Saturday. That's practice number sixteen. Uh, Chip Lindsay saying that they're already starting to get into game prep mode with the installation some 14 days out. Uh, despite Brian Peterson's protestations, I asked on my Twitter, how many wins? Be realistic. What are you seeing from this Knights team at this point in camp? 10-2 uh, uh, is, is the winner on that one. Of course, high hopes for Knights fans, 11-1, 12-0, of course, this all preceding the next uh, Sons of UCF pod when you break down game by game and Mike's ready to send him uh, into uh, another undefeated season. But I-, I feel like two losses somewhere on that schedule seems realistic. Uh, t- it seems realistic to me.
3: Yeah, I don't disagree. I think the challenge is I can't tell you which two that is because uh, of the randomness that is football, right? A, a ball Bob, Bob bounces off a shoulder pad in Louisville, and, and that game turns on us in a heartbeat. You know, the Navy game is not a game any of us would have said last year we were going to lose. So I can't tell you which two games. I think that's a, a fair, reasonable target to say a 10-win team. You know, a couple of losses. Well, I certainly don't want that to happen. I think, of the talent to go, you know, and play well. I don't see a team in the schedule outside of Cincinnati and maybe Louisville that I really think, hey, they match up and they they may be more talented than we are. But it's football, man. Random things happen. It's an oblong ball for a reason. We saw bounces last year take that we didn't think would take. So I think I think it's a reasonable expectation if I'm being realistic.
0: Yeah, I think the right expectations have come down a little bit, right? Because people like myself I predict us to go undefeated every year. Every, now people every, are, are kind of expecting one or two losses, a loss that we're, we don't know where it's coming from. Is it East Carolina on the road like Navy was last year? So I think we're all kind of preparing ourselves for one or two of those. It just can't be – I don't think we can afford to lose two in the conference because, one, I don't think Houston's going to lose more than two, and we don't play them. We're not going to have a tiebreaker. And, two, if one of those losses comes against Cincinnati or SMU – that may knock us out of the other spot in the championship game. So we got to be very careful which two games we lose.
1: Well, let's talk about the Knights and the start of the college football season with Jamie Say, Sports Director, WKMG Channel 6 here in Orlando. Jamie, welcome back to the Sons of UCF Live.
4: Great to be with you all. Thank you for having me, Trace. Good to see
1: you. So maybe a boom out of Sanford Seminole High. Product uh, McLean, coming over from Tampa. What do you make of that? This is Gus Malzahn saying he's going to recruit and certainly work that portal.
4: Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I think it's great for UCF if uh, we get the confirmation that uh, Timmy is coming over. I mean, he was a tremendous football player for Sanford Seminole. I mean, he's he's got the arm talent, but he is also versatile enough that uh, he beat teams and won a state championship with his legs. And you know, obviously. Uh, he didn't, find, uh, he didn't have that home at South Florida this year after getting beat out for the starting job. So, yeah, I mean, they're not stopping recruiting, that's for sure. Uh, it's interesting, though, you know, adding another quarterback in the mix at this point, a guy who wants to compete for a starting job. I think it's interesting. I think Timmy is a great talent, great kid, great program at Seminole High that he came out of.
3: Jimmy, I know you heard the conversation we were having about this upcoming season. In your mind, what's a realistic expectation for the Knights this year? The fans think 10 wins. I think Mike Trace and I agree. Where are you at from realistic expectations this year?
4: Yeah, I think 10 wins. I think um, anything less is a disappointment. You know, I think they need to take a step up from from last year. But, yeah, looking at their schedule, how many games they have in the state of Florida, you know, how many games they have – at their place this year, I mean, I think it's, I think 10 wins is it. You know, I, I, if I look at their schedule, I see, you know, maybe a slip up to Louisville, you know, that that could be the home game that they lose. Um, But, you know, their schedule is extremely favorable and uh, you know, we'll see what Cincinnati has in store, how much they have coming back from that team. But that's a game that I can't wait for. But, uh, but yeah, I, I say 10 and two as well. I say 10 and two as well.
0: Are you and concerned? Tattu was
4: a good season. That's a good season. Yeah.
0: Would you be concerned at all that UCF still hasn't settled on a starting quarterback? We're two weeks away from the start of the season. We just picked up another quarterback this afternoon. Does that say anything about the guys we have in the room?
4: I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's it's interesting, especially with the Timmy McLean stuff coming out. You know, that uh, that they go out and get another quarterback. Um, one that who's very good and was a starter last year in the conference. Um, <clears throat> You know, I I was on this, you know, I was listening to your conversation, guys, about uh, the quarterback job. I do think they know who they're going to start. Um, by this time, I think they have a good idea of who they're going to start. I wouldn't be surprised if Coach Malzahn announces it like Saturday. You know, or maybe it's a situation where, you know, they wait till the end so – I mean, it's South Carolina State to start with, but, you know, some coaches are like this. I mean, we've seen those kind of battles with the Florida Gators, you know, where they and we saw it, uh, you know, with um, Dylan Gabriel's freshman year with Brandon Wimbush. You know, they know who it's going to be, but they wait, you know, they wait, you know, why, why announce anything and, and tip their hand when they don't have to, you know, both guys could play against South Carolina State. You know, I, I, I'm not concerned um, because we know what Mikey Keene was capable of last year and he got them to nine wins. Uh, John Rice Plumley, you know, seems to have, it seems to be a multifaceted quarterback who, you know, has that SEC ability. So I, I'm not super concerned, you know, kind of coaching staffs are like this. I was surprised when Gus said before the season started that he hoped to have his guy after the second scrimmage, because I thought that was early, you know, kind of looking at these other quarterback competitions that have gone on around the country, specifically with the Florida Gators. I mean, I went to, I remember when it was Jeff Driscoll versus Jacoby Brissett and, you know, we didn't know that it was going to be Driscoll until like three snaps in because they started Brissett and Driscoll at wide receiver for the very first play. I don't remember who they were playing, but yeah, so I'm not concerned. I think they know who they have, but uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they wait till week two.
1: Wow. Till week two. Jamie, how long have you been in the Orlando market? Decade plus, right?
4: Yeah. So this is, I'm in my 12th year. So it'll be 12 years on the dot on December 28th. I, I started December 28th, 2010, a couple days before the Liberty ball.
1: <laughs> so. You have seen this incredible transformation of UCF in the central Florida market.
4: Yeah. Yeah. its It's amazing. And, you know, I had, I took the job down here in November of 2010, um, knowing about the Orlando magic and knowing that UCF was down here because my alma mater Syracuse had played UCF at least once. I remember being in the carrier dome when Syracuse played uh, UCF back then. I mean, they, it was central Florida. It was the central Florida golden Knights. It was, it was in the early two thousands, but so I was aware of UCF and then you know, when I knew I was coming down here, I started to follow the football season in 2010. So I saw the conference US, I was watching the conference USA championship game on television back home in upstate New York, saw Jeff Godfrey. And then, you know, my first UCF game, I was here at the station, but it was the Liberty bowl when UCF beat Georgia and it was like, wow, that was huge. And, you know, I know college football. I followed college football. And then I knew that was, that was something. And then just the step it took when um, the Knights won the Fiesta Bowl in the 2013 season, what a special season that was. And just the build up towards that. And then, you know, we saw the the down year in, in 2015 and the building back up. But the fact that you know, you guys are talking like we no longer expect undefeated Ho hum. We gotta we gotta say ten and two and be satisfied with that. Ten wins is a great season. I mean, ten wins is a really really good season. You know, but it's awesome that they've been able to kind of maintain that standard of expectation, and just buzz around town. I live in Sanford. You know, I see more black and gold license plates than I've ever seen before. I see more black and gold flags on homes. It's really awesome to see how much this has taken off. The program's taken off, um, you know, and not just football, but basketball as well. How people get behind the Knights who do really, really well. So it's, it's amazing, and I've, I've really enjoyed it. I root for UCF, I'm not going to lie. I root for them just because they were the underdog. Uh, they're the new kid on the block, and how much this football program has been able to accomplish in a short time. You know, I mean, what, less than 25 years as a Division One program or maybe 25 years on the dot. I'm sure the anniversary is coming up pretty soon. So that's that's pretty phenomenal that they've beaten that many SEC teams in in that kind of time.
1: What are you going to do on Friday, September 2nd when UCF Volleyball hosts Syracuse in their opener? Are you, you going to be rooting for the Knights then?
4: <laughs> well. you know, it's interesting. Uh, sure. Um, I'll, I'll be happy either way. The funny thing was like when I was, uh, when I was in my twenties, I actually did play by play for Syracuse women's volleyball. Um, you know, and, and they had a pretty good program back then in the big East. So, you know, I do have an affinity for Syracuse volleyball, but that's a great question. Trace I'll be torn, but you know what? I'll probably also be, um, pretty busy covering high school football that night too so I don't know how much attention I can pay to that (laughs) you win either way I do I do you know like I really respect that volleyball program too I mean just the championships they've won the NCAA tournaments they've made ever since I've been here ever since I've been here the volleyball team has been phenomenal
3: Jamie, how big a move to the Big 12 do you think this is for UCF? I mean, obviously, it's it's a the it's a time we're breaking through that glass ceiling. Can you put in context, you've been here a long time. What does this mean for the university and for Orlando at large now to kind of get into that, quote-unquote, power five status? Yeah,
4: I think it's gigantic. And we'll see how all this conference realignment plays out, whether the Big 12 can further strengthen itself, um, perhaps with some Pac-12 teams. You know, we'll see how everything shakes out. Obviously... Now we're talking about tiers among the Power Five conferences, and it's the SEC and with the Big Ten right behind them, and then kind of everybody else. But this is enormous. I mean, it's enormous. You know, like I, I was coming here when UCF wanted to get into the Big East, um, and uh, you know that happened a little too late for that conference, and then it turns into the American Conference. But you saw what what UCF was able to do. With the Big East automatic bid, you know, like that grandfathered in automatic bid. They get to the Fiesta Bowl, New Year's Six Bowl, and beat Baylor. This is huge. I mean, it just, I think it's awesome that the state of Florida has a team in the SEC, a team in the ACC, and a team in the Big 12. And I think in terms, you know, yes, the Big 12 is losing Oklahoma and Texas, which is huge. It's huge. But. The room for growth, I think, is gigantic for the Big 12 if they can go take some Pac-12 teams. So, I, I mean, it's, it's enormous. It's enormous. It's a It's a feather in the cap for this program how far it's come. The Big 12 wanted UCF, one of the four teams they wanted. I mean, it's just a feather in the cap for how far UCF has come. Because we remember, you know, five years ago, the Big 12 scoffed at expansion and scoffed at adding other teams. Well, now – you know, what UCF has done, beating Auburn in the Peach Bowl, all the things, you know, winning all those bowl games. I mean, it's it's a great addition. Orlando is a great media market, you know, so I, I think it's great. Uh, and people are excited. I mean, it just adds to the excitement. Um, and we'll see how they do in the Big 12. But I think they can certainly compete with those schools.
0: I've heard you on the radio before with Bianchi talking about how good you are at fantasy football and all that So if you had – if this was a UCF fantasy football draft, who would be your first pick from this team?
4: Isaiah Bowser. (laughs) Big man Bowser. I Just because he's going to be – he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. Um, So I would go with Bowser. But, you know, I was at the UCF kickoff luncheon this morning or this afternoon, and, you know, I'm seeing all the team and I'm like, oh, wow, there's Mark Anthony Richards. You know, he's pretty good too. But I would go, I would start my team with Isaiah Bowser. What about you guys?
0: Yeah, the only question I'd have about Bowser is his injury history. I might go with Ryan O'Keefe. He was the go to guy last year. I think he can get a lot of touches every game too. Devontae Brown.
1: Devontae Brown is going to be your first night off the board for the NFL draft.
3: If I did. Well, he said draft, not fantasy draft. Yeah, chase. Fantasy. You're not fantasy. Get any points Oh, for fantasy. A I was thinking NFL draft. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> but you know that that uh you know that wide receiver room is pretty loaded. You know there's some good targets, but yeah, certainly Ryan O'Keefe is just dependable. Big yardage, does a lot of different things, can score a lot of different ways. But I'm still going with Bowser. I think he stays healthy for most of the year.
1: Speaking of the NFL. Gabe Davis on your favorite team, the Buffalo Bills. What's he going to do in 22?
4: He's going to have a phenomenal season. Um, You know, the the thing is, is that, uh, you know, teams are aware of him now after what he did uh, in that uh, playoff game with the Chiefs, the four touchdown catches. He's going to have a phenomenal year. But, you know, I mean, the Bills receiving core is very good. You know, obviously, Stefan Diggs is the number one target. He's going to draw a lot, Isaiah McKenzie and Gabe. But Gabe's going to be a starter this year. I think he's going to start, you know, the majority of games. He's going to have a huge year. Every year, he's worked out with Josh Allen, you know, in the offseason. He's gone, like, out to California because I follow them. And there's no doubt in my mind that Gabe's going to have a big year. As long as he stays healthy, which... He has throughout his college career and his pro career so far. He's going to have a huge year Um, in terms of numbers. I don't know. I don't know if he hits a thousand yards receiving or not. But I bet. I bet he has like somewhere around you know seven hundred yards or eight hundred yards. I I don't know. Just because Stephon Diggs gets so many touches. But you know, there's definitely room for him. Cole Beasley is out. Um, Obviously, they play different uh, receiver positions. But no, Gabe's going to be. Gabe's going to be a huge target. You can't keep them off the field anymore.
1: Jamie, let's awesome. uh, wrap up with this. UCF okay. best team in the state or is Miami uh, going to be a factor out of the ACC?
4: Well, Tyler Van Dyke is pretty darn good, you know. Um, and Mario Cristobal has been talking up Miami's defense. Um, you know, that's an awfully good question. That is an awfully good question. Yeah. Um, Who's better? Yeah, Tyler Van Dyke is a really, really good quarterback. But, uh, no, I'll go with UCF. Why not? <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I'll go with UCF. <laughs> you know, under metals You know, there's no adjustment, you know, with, with a new coaching staff. You know, Miami always seems to have that, like, November swoon and everything like that. So, all right, I'll go with UCF. I, I predict, okay, UCF will, will – UCF will finish with more wins than Miami this year.
3: I have one yeah, more I got,
0: okay for Jamie. I have. got
3: one more too. I'm going to go first because I'm talking now. I'm like, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> I read your bio, Jamie, and it says yeah. that you are a big Bruce Springsteen fan.
4: <laughs> I, I uh, am an enormous Bruce Springsteen fan. C- can yeah. you
3: give us your, your top three Springsteen songs and bonus points if you want to sing one?
4: Oh, I, I'm going to save everybody from my singing voice because okay. it is absolutely <laughs> awful. But, you know, it's funny. It's like, I like them all. I like all the songs. But number one favorite song is Brilliant Disguise off the Tunnel of Love album. Um, probably number two favorite song is Backstreet's off Born to Run. And, gosh, my number three favorite song by Bruce Sprint. God, I love them all. I really do. I am going to go with the song. It's called Janie Needs a Shooter. And um, he released it kind of uh, as a live as a live hit way back in the 70s. But he just re-released it on his latest album, Letter to You. So I would go with those. So I would go Brilliant Disguise, Backstreets, Janie Needs a Shooter. So, yes, I'm going to see him in, in Orlando in February and in Tampa, too. So I can't wait.
0: All right, quickly, I know you saw that video of the UCF coaches dancing the other day.
4: <laughs> yeah. So-
0: How good of a dancer are you, and you have a go-to move?
4: Okay, I will say this. I am a way better dancer than any of those
0: coaches.
4: (laughs) But I don't have the guts to put it on camera. So credit to them. Um, I cannot do the worm like Coach Hand can. Uh, You know what? Like when I was a little teenager, I was kind of obnoxious, kind of like in my early teens. So I tried to mimic Michael Jackson a lot. So I'd say the moonwalk is my go-to. How about that?
0: (laughs) Nice. Maybe we can see you do it at a tailgate or something in the future.
4: Perhaps. 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 If it's a tailgate that I'm not working at. Where I've had and a uh,
1: Mike, we should invite Jamie to participate in our Pick'Em contest. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you, you pick the AC games every week and winner gets a prize that Mike never mails. So there's no pressure <laughs> Wonderful.
4: at all. I'm in. I'm Perfect. in. Send me the details.
1: <laughs> I will send fun. you the link. Jan and Britt want to know when the barbecue is scheduled as well
4: yes all right well we'll we'll plan it soon you know like uh how about like end of october november something like that when the weather's a little bit more predictable and not quite as hot y'all can come to my backyard and we'll cook out jan and Britt, trace you're invited everybody's invited
1: sounds good jamie say sports director wkmg channel six in orlando thanks for being with us tonight
4: thank you guys we'll see you soon
3: thanks jamie thank you
1: jamie All right, got to invite her to the AAC Pick'Em. Uh, is UConn in this thing again, or are they out now?
0: I don't think so. That wasn't any part of my doing last year. It was just the uh, pool tracker. I don't. They shouldn't be. They're not in the conference anymore. So I would say- They no, weren't in good. the conference
1: last year. <laughs> I know, <but> had,
0: <laughs> we had to
1: pick their games. We were involved in that anyway. Uh, Those were uh, free picks.
0: Those were easy wait picks every week.
1: Let's go around the kingdom uh, real quick. Uh, as we mentioned off the top, Knights own the gators three nothing in women's soccer 54th minute goal from Kristen Scott 77th minute goal from Deanna Martin 82nd minute goal from Mallory Olson uh, Knights up next travel to Baton Rouge face LSU Sunday at one o'clock volleyball exhibition Saturday at seven in the venue as mentioned their season opener against Syracuse Friday September 2nd at seven they also have Kansas State future Big 12 opponent in the UCF challenge Preview out now on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel, Coach Dagenet and as well McKenna Melville, uh, part of that preview, so be sure and check that out. And Naming Rights Extension Board of Trustees at UCF approves a 12-year, $20 million extension of naming rights for Addition Financial Arena. So Timo, again, bringing in some money of late.
3: Yeah, I like the continuity. I, I don't like changing names every five years when a contract ends. So I like the continuity. 12 more years of what ad Fi, I think we call it. So I like the continuity. I like $20 million. Nothing not to like about this.
0: More money, more problems. Somebody told me one time, but uh, in this case, I think it's a good thing.
1: Somebody told you. Who told uh, you? Uh, I like yeah. that. Somebody. Uh, we've been over this summer getting to know our friends uh, coming in the Big 12, and we wrap up our Meet the Big 12 series by taking a look at Oklahoma State. We welcome mm-hmm. in Marshall Scott, part of the Pistols firing the Oklahoma State website. Marshall, thanks for being with us on Sons of UCF Live.
2: Thank you guys for having me. Can can you hear me? Is my audio good? Your audio
1: is fine. Your audio is fine. What do you guys make of you losing in Oklahoma, rival for you, Texas, of course. You add BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and of course, UCF. What's the reaction to this change up in the Big 12?
2: Yeah, I think initially um, it was more anger, I guess, from, from Oklahoma State fans that, that OU would go behind their back. Uh, this is what they thought. Um, and then, you know, do this deal without, you know, Oklahoma State being involved. Um, the, nowadays, it's kind of split. Um, some people want to continue bedlam because it's tradition and, and things like that. And some people are like, Hey, they did bad business with us. Why would we ever get back into business with them? Um, you know, Texas, uh, you, you know, we'll laugh at them all you want for, for losing to Kansas at home or, or whatever their football struggles may be, but that's always a big game for everybody. Um, everybody gets up for, uh, Texas just because it's such a, uh, you know, such a historic program. But, uh, I, I think, you know, there there's a oklahoma state fan his name's okc dave um dave hudson he does a fan survey every year and he asked last year he asked you know like where do you hope oklahoma state ends whenever this conference realignment shuffle ends and uh most of the people were saying literally anywhere about the big 12 they're saying you know the big 10 they're saying the pac 12 which is hilarious at this point um and, and then he did it again this year and now people want to stay in the big 12 um you know the majority of the vote was actually to stay in the big 12 and i think that goes a long way in how things stabilized with the four people with the four teams coming in. Um, so, so I think it's looking up now. Um, there's always going to be some mixed emotions when it comes to Bedlam and OU and things like that. But, but I think f- for the time being, everything's kind of looking up.
3: Marshall, uh, Mike Gundy, a little crazy, no? Is he okay?
2: Yeah, I, I think a, I think a little is a bit of an understatement. Um, <laughs> okay. we, we had media availability today. I'm not sure if you guys saw, but uh, he he started doing one-handed push-ups. This is like five minutes. It's not even you know the end of it where, you know, you think stuff starts to get off the rails. We started off the rails uh, this morning. It's about 8.30 uh, local time, and he's doing one-handed push-ups um, just on the ground right in front of the, the practice facility there. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a little uh, – I think the, the term a little is a bit of an understatement. He, he's very calculated, though. You know, I think he comes off as, oh, this guy is, you know, unintelligent. And I, I kind of think that's how he wants people to think. Um, but But almost everything he says is really calculated. Um, I, I think him goofing off with us so far um, this preseason kind of tells you that he thinks the team's going to be pretty good this year. I think if he thought they weren't going to be very good, he'd be a little more reserved and, and things like that. But, but yeah, I, I think a little crazy is is definitely fair. You could even move it to a lot if you wanted to.
0: <laughs> you guys are coming off a tough loss in that championship game last year. What's the outlook on the team this year? Are they going to rebound strong, or how's it looking?
2: Uh, the Big Twelve is looking pretty open this year, just from, from a you know everybody's standpoint. Um, you know, Spencer Sanders returns at quarterback, uh, people will have th- their differing opinions on Spencer Sanders. Uh, he threw four interceptions in that uh, Big 12 title game. But at the same time, he basically won them the, the Fiesta Bowl against Notre Dame. Uh, so it, it looks like he had a pretty good year last year. He threw seven. Seven of his interceptions came against Baylor. And Baylor's had a really good defense. They had Dave Aranda, um, obviously, coaching that side of the ball. So um, I think things are looking up. The Big 12, in general, just kind of looks open. OU looks to be on, on a bit of an upswing um you know texas always has potential they've always got athletes um if, you know maybe this is the year they pull it all together probably not but maybe um baylor uh, obviously looking really good kansas state's kind of a sneaky team this year so i i think things are looking up it'll be they're a little inexperienced on defense the defense was so good last year um but you know bringing in two new linebackers bringing in an entirely new secondary um but on the defensive front they're going to be stacked because they returned everybody but I think there's, there's room for optimism, but I think the big 12 is going to be pretty open this year in general. So it'll kind of be interesting to see how it plays out. Help us understand
1: Oklahoma, Oklahoma state. Now with Oklahoma leaving, does the fan base see maybe an easier path uh, in the big 12 without Oklahoma?
2: Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, you know, the, the argument for people okay with Bedlam being dead. Um, that's what the Oklahoma, Oklahoma state is called. It's called Bedlam. Um, I, I think in a lot of ways, the, the the viewpoint of it being dead is good for, for OSU to get out of Oklahoma shadow. You know, Oklahoma state is a perennial top 25 team. Um, it's had a lot of 10 win seasons here as of late. Um, but the big bad wolf, you know, is it, just an hour South uh, of Stillwater. So um, I, I think that there's a, in a lot of ways, you know, I, I'm sure Texas tech feels a similar way. I'm sure Baylor feels a similar way that, you know, Oklahoma state kind of feels like it could be the, you know, the new big bad wolf of the Big Twelve. Um, I think that's kind of up for grabs right now. and Oklahoma State has you know just as good a shot as anybody um, I, I think to to kind of take that moniker over. So I, the argument for people being okay with Bedlam going away is that, hey, it, we don't have to worry about OU anymore. Um, you know, th- these ten win seasons can actually mean something because you know it it, it could come with conference titles and, and things like that. So yeah, I think you know a, a majority of the fan base too, not maybe not a majority, but a part of the fan base as well is just always gonna want that tradition. Um, I personally grew up, you know, the Bedlam was the biggest game of the year for me. Um, so I, even though Oklahoma State lost it just about every time uh, I watched it, but, uh, you know, it, it's kind of split 50 50, uh, maybe not 50 50. I think a majority of uh, fans at this point are kind of coming around to the idea of, of kind of getting out of Oklahoma State shadow or getting out of Oklahoma shadow.
1: How would you describe the composition of the state? What percentage are Oklahoma
2: fans? Yeah, it's much larger
1: <laughs> 60 I, I think, 40?
2: Um, no, I, I bet it's 80 20. 80 uh, 20 in Oklahoma. Yeah. Wow. So, you, you, really, if you're for in most cases, if you went if you or your family went to Oklahoma State, that's you're an Oklahoma State fan. If in any, literally anything else, if you know, maybe one of your family went to a regional college, then you're just an OU fan, just because OU is you know the historic program around here. That's it's not that case in everything, but uh, at best seventy thirty, but I, I wouldn't be surprised is 80 20. Um, I went to a couple of, of small town schools um, in the state of Oklahoma, and I, I feel like I was outnumbered just about everywhere I went.
3: All right, Marshall, we're trying to get to know our new friends in the Big 12, specifically what to expect if we make trips out to these cities for games. So, obviously, uh, Stillwater, a place uh, I, I venture a lot of night fans haven't been. So, I did some research. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. went to TripAdvisor. I got the top five places to visit in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Do you have any idea what any of these top five are? Can you rattle off any of what you suspect are the top five things to do in Stillwater?
2: I'm going to guess Eskimo Joe's is on there.
3: It's not. I don't know what that is, but it's not on here.
2: Okay. That's like, that's like the place to eat. In, We're in off Minnesota. to a bad start. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. What kind <laughs> of food? What kind of food at Eskimos? Um, just like burgers and things like that. Their, their main thing is cheese fries. Um, sweet pepper, bacon, cheese fries. If you guys are ever in town, those huh? are delicious. Um, It's kind delicious. of like, I, I think you have to go to Eskimo Joe's once. That's kind of like the thing but. The locals, you, you can kind of get tired of it. But um, okay, my next guess would be Hideaway Pizza.
3: Uh, not on here. Sorry. <laughs> We're wow. off to a great start. Uh,
2: is it really? Marshall's getting like, to go lo- Oklahoma yeah. State. Yeah, too. yeah, I guess so.
3: <laughs> more locations, if you will, not not more necessarily restaurants.
2: Bigger. Okay, well, there is not a lot of locations in Skillwater. <laughs> okay. So All right. uh, there's well, Boomer Lake. You, oh, I don't
3: know. I'll read you the top five. The Boomer okay. Lake is number three. Yeah, very okay. good. Okay. Number five, the Iron Monk Brewery.
2: Okay, um, Oklahoma State just recently um, had a, a deal with them. That's going to be the official official beer partner um, of the yeah. university. So that is yeah, huge. Somewhat somewhat that's... new, but but okay.
3: What, uh, have you been? What kind of beer should we try if
2: we go there? Um, it's like draft stuff. I, I'm personally gluten free, so wheat and me don't get along. But uh,
3: wheat and me don't get along. you yeah. <laughs> <enough. laughs> uh, Number You'll four, love but gluten free <laughs> hot dogs now available in the bounce house when Oklahoma
2: State yeah. when comes to play UCF.
3: Number four, Botanic Garden.
2: Um, okay. It's, it's nice. Uh, like you're probably going to spend an, an hour at most at both of these places so far, but okay. It's nice, nice area. Nice area. Okay.
3: Fair enough. Uh, number three, Boomer Lake Park.
2: Okay. That's, it's really just another hour. Lake. people run around it. People walk around it. Um, I, I enjoy a nice jog around Boomer Lake every now and again, but it's nothing that I'd take my family to or anything. Another, another yeah. hour, hour there. May, maybe, maybe. Okay. Okay, we got three hours, so we're coming in maybe Saturday morning. (laughs) I can help with number
3: two. Number two is uh, uh, OSU Boone Pickens Stadium is number two.
2: Okay, that well, that would make sense. That's like the university is this town. Move-in day or this classes start next week. The the population of this town has doubled within the last you know few days just because all the students are coming back.
3: And somehow number one, uh, Lost Creek Safari.
2: Okay. Lost Creek Safari. My fiance, she's in the other room right now. She loves her some Lost Creek Safari. So okay. it's, okay. it's like a, it's essentially a petting zoo. Um, I'm trying to whisper cause she's going to be like, Ooh, let's go tomorrow. Um, okay. it's, it's essentially a petting zoo. We won't tell her. It's fine. Wild yeah. animals, uh, lions, um, tigers, bears. What are we petting there? Ghosts, um, no, or? it's, uh, like there's like deer, there's a camel. Um, one camel, (laughs) yeah, his name is Gilbert. Um, same same camel the whole time. I believe now an Oklahoma State wrestler actually owns Lost Creek Safari, that happened uh, last year, I believe. Um, so a lot of the wrestlers actually work there. There's some monkeys there. Um, it's, it's a fun place, it's a fun place. You can spend more than an hour there. So So maybe come in Friday for a Saturday game, (laughs) pick up the safari end with the brewery and you got a good Friday. That that sounds like a good time.
3: I want to learn more about tailgating, but I'm concerned that uh, that lost Creek safari is, uh, is ahead of OSU on this (laughs) list of things to do. Does that mean the tailgating scene at uh, Oklahoma state is, is not strong. What can you tell us about that?
2: I think the tailgating scene has grown tremendously under Mike Gundy. Um, I personally think it's i i, I watched a uh, you guys tcu one. he said tcu is probably among the best i've been to every big 12 stadium except for west virginia tcu is not among the best um, he said so, a lot of things that i don't think <laughs> anyone agreed with so uh, <laughs> fair. so i think oklahoma state's among the best um it's it really just all around campus there's you know tents set up from you know the, the friday before um all day saturday some people don't even go into the game the games are always like sold out essentially but um, so it, it's always full around there. People got TVs, people got, you know, barbecues going on. Um, that one's good. Iowa state is always really good. Um, Texas tech's pretty good. What's your uh, burning couch situation like any of those? Um, no burning couches. I, I, like I said, don't, I haven't made it up to Morgantown. Um, no burning couches. Um, there, there is a legend that the 2011 Bedlam game, uh, they tore down the, the goalposts. after Oklahoma state won. There is a legend that they got those goalposts somehow out of the stadium and into Theta Pond. I haven't confirmed that. I haven't ever seen any pictures of that, but that's, I think as close as you can get to, to a burning couch situation.
3: If they got those lost Creek safari, I'd be impressed.
2: Yeah, (laughs) That's quite a ways out there. Yeah.
3: All right. So we've had the chance to talk to somebody from
0: every school in the big 12 so far. Uh, The guys at Texas tech don't like you guys to be honest. And now with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, are you guys the most hated team left in the big 12?
2: If not, who is good question. So uh, it, it could be us. It could be Oklahoma State. It could be Tech. Um, Oklahoma State and Tech don't like each other. There's a lot of, you know, who did what first. Both teams, this is their sign, both guys. Um, they, they have the horse thing. It's it, it, Both schools think that somebody stole something from somebody. Um, there's not a lot of, a whole lot of Baylor. Baylor is going to get mad that I said this. But Baylor is the closest thing that the Big 12 has to, like, Texas A&M in that it's somewhat cult like Um so there's that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Texas is, a, is the obvious punching bag here. But then I, I want to say Texas Tech. I could see where Texas Tech would want to say Oklahoma State. Um, but then I'd also say Baylor, which m- might make Baylor be the actual answer. I think more, more teams around the Big 12 would actually say Baylor.
1: When you visited Lubbock, did you check out Prairie Dog Town?
2: I did not. I was actually born in Lubbock, but whenever it's, it's always out there. Whenever you drive out there, you just see nothing for a really long time. So every time I go out there, I'm just ready to, to hit my hotel, go to the game, and then go back to my hotel, then drive back. We're learning
1: with these weekly chats that that may be the slogan for the Big 12. You drive along wow, yeah, you're not seeing <laughs> a whole lot of, of anything. What
2: other sports
1: um, should UCF fans know? Pretty competitive. They're going to get a good game uh, against uh, Oklahoma State.
2: Yeah. So Mike Holder, uh, who is the athletic director, he resigned, or not resigned, retired uh, a few years back. He did a great job in building facilities around. There's a new soccer stadium here. There's a brand new baseball stadium here. Um, softball is in the process of, of looks like getting a new stadium. Um, really nice tennis facility. So Oklahoma State is really competitive um, in a lot of things. Um, basketball, it's kind of a up and down. Uh, a lot of people believe in Mike Boynton, the basketball coach, but uh, it, it just have not necessarily turned into winning quite yet. But it's a historically great program. Um, baseball, really good. Wrestling is outstanding. Um, the most national championships of any Team in any sport um, is Oklahoma State Wrestling. I wish I could rattle off the number. I think it's in the 50s. Um, so, wrestling. Good for see, UCF. No yeah. wrestling program. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. good thing for UCF. Uh, so, wrestling, <laughs> outstanding. Softball um, has made the College World Series the past uh, two times, almost made it in the Championship Series this past year. Um, the soccer teams, usually a, a top 25 caliber team. Um, tennis teams are both really good. Cross country teams, y- usually really good. Um, women's basketball has a new coach here, and there's a lot of um, excitement around her. So it it, it it's really goes back to Mike Holder, just kind of taking finding donations um, to build out all these nice facilities around campus, um, and, and that's turned into you know good recruiting and then you know good products on the field, on the court, um, etc.
1: Yeah, you mentioned donors. No shortage of money there. You guys, from what I've seen, have great facilities.
2: Yeah, um, Michael and Greenwood Tennis Center. Um, they, they've been very generous. Um, Cecil Obreit, uh He was he graduated from Oklahoma State. Um, didn't really like have any ties coming back to Oklahoma state. Uh, My Holder just went up, uh, drove up to Kansas uh, one day and, and got, you know, enough money to, to build the state of the art baseball stadium, which is pretty incredible. And then obviously team Boone Pickens, um, his hundred and something million dollar donation, which kind of kicked this whole thing off. Um, but Boone sadly passed a, a couple of years ago. So uh, yeah, there's, there's money around. I, I don't think it's quite like tech's got a lot of money um, around, uh, you know, obviously the the private schools have, have a good chunk of money around. So uh, I think that's gonna, gonna kind of going to become an arms race in terms of NIL um, until some guardrails get put on this. But, uh, yeah, as far as facilities go, it seems like there's always somebody to step up to, to get Oklahoma State what it needs. Marshall
1: Scott with Pistols Firing, giving us a look at Oklahoma State. We thank you for being with us on Suns Live.
2: Thank you guys for having me. This was fun.
1: Thank nice you, Marshall. Nice,
2: Marshall.
1: All right, Mike. Well, there's got to be a poll. i got to put out a poll or something about ranking these. Uh, Mike, are we going to see you. Why do I even ask this question? We're going to see you in Stillwater anytime soon. <laughs> no. They got no. botanical gardens, Mike.
0: I'm not a petting zoo guy to begin with at all. I'm anytime shocked the by kids this. want to go to the petting zoo, I tell my their mom and my wife. You guys can go. I'll take the day off. I don't like those things. I think I was traumatized as a kid. I don't remember what happened. But uh,
3: that's not my, my well, goal. Let's go back they to that. A, they like, got
1: a camel named J.P. I mean, Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> Only one though,
0: (laughs) only one. That's (laughs) not for me. So far of all the towns, I think Dallas, uh, the Fort Worth guy at TCU is the only one really that I'm interested in going to.
1: Uh, We wrap up the Big 12 with Oklahoma State. Got to be some good battles with them. I think they've got a little bit clearer path in their minds, at least uh, in football. Before we open up the mailbag, want to throw in a last minute note. Mike, I know you're all over these watch lists. Polynesian Player of the Year nominee. Locahi Paule, the offensive lineman for UCF, one of just 85 nominees for Polynesian Player of the Year.
0: Mike, I, I have to know how many Polynesian players are there in Division One football? Is it more than at 85? At least 85, I, five, Mike. At least I
1: 85. know
0: there's at least 85. I was shocked to find out that there were 85. That seems like a high number to me. So if there's a hundred. Couldn't they just make the list 100? I mean, there's what's the, what's the point of leaving out those 15 kids? There's right? actually,
1: Mike, there's 86, and one guy got really dissed.
0: Well, they did say in their statement that there's a, a chance that they could add to the list as the season goes on, if you, if you play your way onto it. And I'm thinking, which kids are not on this list already? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh,
1: let us open up the mailbag. Which coach is on deck this week? This Thanks, is Brian Blackman, Special Teams Coordinator and Tight End Coach at UCF. Let's open up
3: the Sons of UCF mailbag.
1: <laughs> he was right next to Herb Hand, so that raspy voice just wears off. Uh, on, on- I,
3: I got to give him credit; he he hit the Dougie dance in that video. He did a uh-huh. decent job. I mean, I'll, I'll give him that. He, I was not expecting what what, uh, what transpired there.
1: That was hundred uh, thousand plus uh, views already. That has gone viral. Any walk-in talks this week?
3: We know we do have one walk-in talk. I don't think I told you this trace, but let me cue this up now. It's our old friend, uh, Robert with uh, a question. Hey boys, two letters, two words here with a question. I was having a conversation with my fellow stepson of UCF, Brian Peterson, the other day, and we were having a conversation about the schedule and what it could mean in the end. And this is what Brian said
2: and I mean, have and and comes to comes to schools, what
3: what It's and the And ultimately, what we came down to is this: if, and I know it's a long way off, but if UCF were to run the table this year." Does our slate of opponents give us enough juice to get in the playoffs? Just a thought. Just a question. Interested to hear what you have to say. Go night. Charge on.
1: Uh, Brian, everybody. I want it to be known,
3: it. I did not do that edit. That's that how the video was turned in. That was that's how it was turned into me. I would never do that to Brian.
0: Oh, if Diane is not watching that. <laughs> Uh, The
3: answer is no, unless Louisville
1: plays out of their minds. Unless Georgia Tech does something we're not expecting, no, no, that's not the not the schedule that's going to get them there. I think you guys talked about realistic, you know, maybe top twenty, top fifteen, some of that's realistic, but uh, beyond that, you need
3: you need Louisville to be a world beater, and you need Cincinnati to also win a a couple of games, be undefeated, lose to us. You need a lot of dominoes to fall for that schedule to to hold up.
1: Uh, At Todd A. Bryant, everyone asking the quarterback questions. His question, though, Obarski or Boomer at uh, Kicker. Ooh, a little music there. Uh, Obarski, right? Uh, He's the vet, and Boomer's been uh, curtailed a bit uh, during uh, practice. Again, I think we'll see both of them, certainly in that South Carolina State game, you'd think.
3: Yeah, I think I think it's Obarski's job at this point, point. and you know maybe Colton's there if there's something misfires throughout the year. I mean, you have someone to go to at that point. At two point, Colton had been uh, kind of banged up, so I'm sure Obarski get the majority of the reps. So I think it's Obarski at uh, at K1,
1: Mike at Bonks Realm. Do we see a UCF special teams touchdown this year? Was that a question on the? Uh, it was. Scene? Yeah. It was. You want the result?
0: It was. It's a question I think almost every Talking year on this. And you 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 reverse mojo now, Yeah, right? yeah. Every year I say this is the year that's going to happen. It hasn't happened now since, what, 2018? 2019? With, with Otis Anderson in Pittsburgh. So, um, I'm going to say no, just because I hope it does happen. No
3: 76, one, right? 76% of the audience said yes. Oh, optimistic bunch. Yeah. Rob... Is
0: it on a return? Is it on a block kick or something like that? There, there's different ways.
3: Yeah. I All am so Rob
1: 6719. Isaiah, Johnny, then who? Who's third out
3: of the gate? Mark Anthony Richards or RJ Harvey?
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd guess Richards too. But when it comes down to that too, you got to consider blocking. Blocking is a big part of playing running back, picking up blitzes, things like that. Which guy can do that best? I'd like to see him in.
1: All right, we shift over to the QB questions. Brian W. Peterson. He's talking about Gus. Is it the fact that we don't have a named QB1 proof that uh, Gus may have, t- have trouble developing quarterbacks? Or is he just trying to wait last moment to guarantee best man wins the job you see what happened over in tampa when you name a starter with uh you know some time left before your opener and and you lose a guy to the portal i think gus is being savvy about this
3: yeah i don't know if it's develop as much as it's selects right i mean obviously mikey was here when he got here he brings in jrp he brings in Tommy. So I think if you want to question anything about Gus, maybe it's quarterback selection. Everyone knocks on him for the Malik Willis, uh, not starting him. And obviously he's an NFL quarterback, so he gets that knock. But I think there's other things to play there. So I don't know if I'm ready to say Gus can't develop QBs just yet. I agree with you, Trace. I think this is all tactical. I think it's all orchestrated. And I think there's a much bigger plan in place.
1: Uh, Mike, do you agree with Jamie that maybe Gus is just going to name that on Saturday? Name that quarterback on Saturday?
3: At this point, I'm not expecting
0: it, but he did say he wanted to name it before the season. He didn't want to play this game. I don't think this was his plan coming into the preseason. I I think he thought he was going to have a quarterback. He just has not settled on one yet. I hope he does name one on Saturday. I'd like to go this last week knowing, and I think the team really needs to know, especially if they start game planning already this week.
1: I like this question at Nitro's Gus Bus. What do you all see as the floor ceiling win total if it's JRPX QB one or Mikey? Uh, Assuming the, the person starts every game, which is big assumption you know you you gotta expect uh, that you see both quarterbacks throughout the season but i think that's a good question
3: i mean i think we all along we've heard that we can win with both guys right we just said we thought they were a 10 win team so i think for both it's 10 i think that's the ceiling right we we think that we can win now we can win differently and maybe with one quarterback or another, we may need more defensive uh, efforts on, on the other side. But I think that's that's the same for both, right? Gus keeps telling us we have two guys we can win with. So I don't know why I'd expect them to win any different number of games. I think if, you know, I think turnovers are the biggest question that you have. Who can protect the ball better? I mean, we, we don't know if Plumlee can throw very well. We don't know if he can uh, complete, you know, complete the ball at a high percentage. So... I guess Plumlee may have the lower ceiling just because of turnovers, but I think the, the um, I'm sorry, the lower floor because of turnovers, but I think the ceiling is 10 wins.
2: Yeah, I,
0: I tend to agree. I think the, the worst this team can do, I, we can't lose four games again, right? It figured all the injuries we had last year, we we've t- we've talked about it a hundred times. The hardest games are at home. I, I think two losses, three losses max is what we're looking at. And it's possible if the quarter, whoever quarterback is, Plays well. We could, we could be, we should be favored in almost every game, if, if not all games. So it's possible we could win them all.
1: As we have recently agreed, more Mike, I've got to tell you, I think your standard that you've set that they need to get to the AAC championship game. You know, 2017 is in that rearview mirror, farther and farther back. Uh, they need to lead this conference in that battle. Uh, getting by Cincinnati is going to be important in that. Right? If you pencil Houston and is one of those teams, UCF needs to get in that. Whether they win that game or not, that's a different matter. But I tend to agree with you. Whatever that win-loss total is, and of course, sometimes who the losses are to matters. Uh, you know, I, I think they do need to get back to the AAC championship game at Schmidt underscore ninety-one. Thomas Castellanos, real option at QB one, not at this time.
3: In twenty twenty-three, maybe I think look, I think he's clearly battling the
1: future of- battling McLean.
3: Mikey McClain, and
1: JRP are gone
3: into the portal. I think I think he's clearly the future of quarterback for UCF. Look, I think. My conspiracy theory here is Gus wants to make sure he knows that, you know, he's still giving Tommy a little love that he's not forgetting about him, that he own, he knows his place in UCF. We just saw this with Timmy McClain quarterbacks all over the nation are transferring these last two weeks because they're not getting their opportunities. I think Gus is smart to try to figure out how to keep, to manage this relationship. And one way to do that is to make sure that Tommy knows that he's this guy. I just saw them at Dave and Buster's or something the other day, right? Doing some sort of a video game situation. So I think Gus is managing the relationship.
0: Uh, you know, if we start off this season two, and I'm sorry, three and two, maybe I lost to to Louisville, maybe I lost to SMU early. You know, and, and neither one of Mikey or, or JRP has taken the reins. Why not? Why not Tommy Castellanos at this point? I heard Chip Lindsey today in his press conference saying similar things. I heard about Mackenzie Milton when he was a freshman. You know, he makes one or two plays in practice that people kind of say, "Wow, where did that come from?" Yeah, he doesn't know the playbook as well. But, you know, he's had this fall camp. Now, he has those first five weeks to kind of get a little more acclimated, and he's that good. Why not at this point?
1: At Ethan of 126, what would the record be for each member of the Suns if they were named starting quarterback? Who would have the best record? What would be each person's best quality? I, of course, would be the game manager. Steady, Eddie. Mike uh, would uh, be turnover prone. He would (laughs) be a little wild uh, in his approach. Uh, So uh, I think I'm the reliable
3: start. now I've got a the record would be GOL level I think we'd all be we'd all be in big trouble here's what we got Mike would be a running quarterback we know his is his 5k prowess so Mike yep. would be a running quarterback trace my friends would be the elusive quarterback. I got to tell you people, if you haven't seen Trace at a live event, I had I had a chance to go to FanFest this weekend and saw Trace walking around with the camera, recording much of stuff. This man was in more parts of that arena than I think anybody else. He moves quickly. He dodges people. He took a couple of hits. He got back up. He was, he was <laughs> undaunted. So Mike is the running quarterback. Trace is elusive, but they don't win a game.
0: The I can't throw anymore. I, I, I throw softballs with my daughters at practice. My arm is shot from all those years of playing baseball. So throwing's out for me. If we need a throwing quarterback, I think Adam's probably got the better arm of all of us right now. Uh, I can't see Trace as a quarterback right now. I, to be honest, Trace, you can play quarterback in this system. Are you dual threat? What, what's your, what's this, your strength? This is coming
1: from the guy who hits home runs off 12-year-olds. But let's move along. Eric Lopez, ELO, which non-football UCF fall sport. Would the three of you go to, if you could? Volleyball, men's soccer, women's soccer. I believe volleyball has a match before that Louisville game, if I'm not mistaken. So that may be uh, an opportunity for us there.
3: I'll take the cheap way out of this. I'll take my uh, my 15-year-old daughter who plays soccer to a women's soccer game. So I'll take the easy way out.
0: In this weather, in the heat, give me the indoor. Give me volleyball just so I, you know, I can hang out in there with some AC. But to be honest, I'm probably not watching any of it
1: at UCF night's watch we used to slug it out with ECU how satisfied uh, should we be that this might be the last time facing them for the foreseeable future or should we mourn the loss of the old rival born out of competition instead of geography I think it's gonna be interesting to see if any of these AAC schools end up on future UCF uh, schedules uh, certainly in football but uh, you, you think in the other sports that's a tough one with ECU uh, I know for a certain period of time and Mike you talked about this rivalries come and go right uh, so Cow's rivalry may be falling, but ECU, that's that's another one was heated there for a while and it is really kind of uh, gone by the wayside of late.
0: I think we've played ECU more times than any other school, uh, maybe Bethune more, but of all division one schools, we played East Carolina for a long time now. Going back to Conference USA, there was a time where we couldn't beat those guys. I hated them. Uh, in that 2005, I still have nightmares about Chris Johnson in 2007 running all over us, returning kicks. So I know it's been one-sided the last eight years, whatever it's been. But uh, I'm not really going to miss them. The Hale-Paramon is a a classic game in UCF history. So we've had our good moments. We've had some bad ones. Um, It is what it is. If if their fan base was as rabid now as it was in the early 2000s, maybe I'd miss it a little bit more. But they've kind of soured the last few years.
1: Well, they've got 10-year veteran quarterback Holt Naylor's back. And that may be a tricky road game for UCF. Uh, Adam at Staff Drew, who did not win. AAC pick let's all agree on that shall we a little bit of revisionist history got to be questioning the facts over there at the banneret with the return of the bad boy mower's bowl which bowl game has the best sponsor
3: shots fired give me the cheese it bowl
1: cheese it yeah I like that
0: You know, I did. I forgot to research this one. Give me Jimmy Kimmel, because that's the only one I can think of right now.
1: (laughs) Uh, Speaking of California, Wanda AB underscore MUA. It'd be a dream to see UCF the college football playoff national championship in Los Angeles. That girl can dream, right? What are the odds? 0.00%.
3: The same odds as one of the three of us being the starting quarterback. (laughs) I think it's about the same. We need about every team to have four or five losses ahead of us. (laughs) Even
1: then. You know, Mississippi State makes the top 25 every year with four or five losses. So even then, uh, at UCF, UCF football, amazing ambassador, Mackenzie Milton, at mission control, of course. Uh, they need a hoops ambassador. Who should that be? B.J. Taylor. B.J. Taylor, local guy. Yeah. He'd be tremendous in that role.
3: Obvious, obvious answer is B.J. If you want to go off the board, I got two for it. I got Chad Brown. Or give me some Marcus Jordan.
0: Mm. Yeah. I would say BJ, too, but Taco, and, you know, when he's done playing, I, I, he'd be a great ambassador and representation for UCF.
1: And by C.A. Simmons, thoughts on using Olive Garden breadstick as a hot dog bun, and does that make it a sandwich that I threw in?
3: Yeah, I, I would defer all hot dog-related questions to our <laughs> um, hot Mike, dog expert here, yeah, Mr. UCF uh, Mike. Hot dog
0: expert. <laughs> uh, you know, Olive Garden or whatever, sometimes you don't have – the, the, an actual bun you got to use just a slice of bread whatever you gotta do you gotta do um sure i guess it makes no, it a no, hot no. dog <laughs> a,
1: a real shortage of bread down there in real south florida you
0: yeah. never had a hot dog with just a slice of bread because you didn't have any buns of course you have nah. never in your life,
3: Not would, would, you life. Go, no. would you go would you go they, with they the, sell the buns like
0: eight packs and they sell the hot dogs in like 12 packs and you're always kind of mixed up of so eventually sometimes it doesn't work out and you have a slice of bread you want a hot dog and you throw it on there. It's a hot pocket <laughs>
1: so yes on a <laughs> uh, yes on an olive garden breadstick
3: would you try it
0: i'll try anything i'll try that jello egg shot that adam took a set the
3: picture wow of today. what are you doing with there, mike geez why not <laughs> oh. why not i you, don't knock it till you try it <laughs> uh,
1: why don't you bring shots jello shots for the tailgate to uh, one of these upcoming tailgates
0: um because i didn't one have never made jello shots in my life
1: it's jello <laughs> yeah i know
0: well i don't think i've ever jello made jello and,
1: and liquor
3: <laughs>
0: I mean, there you go <laughs> they'll, they'll be very strong if i make them two i'm not bringing them up to orlando then I, you know i gotta take care of them all the way up there three hours and then <laughs> maybe the fau game but that's probably not going to happen either if there was a chance that's at the right FAU. there
1: you can't make them 10 miles from your house to the fau stadium with a lot. That, that
0: seems like I gotta do them the night before. I'm not even gonna be in town the night before. It's just not gonna happen.
1: Uh, ad hoc underscore lover. What would our beer be? Referencing Oklahoma State as an official beer. I'm lobbying for the IPA. I know the two of you will not. So we'll have a little division.
3: Anti IPA. Give me a nice wheat beer. Wheat. Where did this come from, Trace? You know
0: I like IPAs. We agreed that the High Lie is both of our favorite beers right now. I don't know why you keep saying I don't like IPAs. I
1: just lump you in but, because um, you're a naysayer. You're a naysayer. You're anti no, you jello, jello shots. You're
0: anti potato salad. No, I'm anti jello shots. I'm anti making jello shots. I'll drink them. I'll eat them. I just don't want to do the work. Oh, yeah.
3: is it drink or eat? That's a great question.
0: Yeah, it depends on uh, how solid they yeah. are, I
3: guess.
0: <laughs> is this
1: something Gordon and partners might want to invest in for the FAU tailgate? Is that something that they do? Uh, Look, we should be happy together? if they're
3: on the show next week, Trace, right, at this point. I don't <laughs> think we should, we should We should. push any buttons on this one at this Can point. Can you get
1: highlight down there? Or is that just up in this area? Uh, yeah. No, I yeah.
3: get yeah.
0: highlight all the time at Publix. Okay. Now, why don't you bring, up here.
1: How about bring that to the FAU tailgate? Okay. I could yeah.
0: do that. Okay. I'll, I'll bring a bunch. Of, are you going to be at the FAU? Yeah. yeah. All right. Because we just bought our tickets uh, a couple of days ago. Now that I know you're
1: going to be there, because you were wishy-washy up until the last That's right. week or so. Uh, now, I'm, I'm definitely... No, I'm Anti-effort.
3: definitely in uh, Anti-effort is mm-hmm. the best way I've ever heard Mike describe him in my life.
1: <laughs> Robert and Mike get back and forth on research before a show, <laughs> during the show, you
3: know. Well, this
0: uh, past episode on Monday, Adam told me to uh, pick a song that described you, I had a whole page of notes about I had my top five list of songs. And then when we we're done with that segment, I said, that's all the notes I have for tonight. So uh, <laughs> let's keep rolling with the show.
3: That's about all I have. You know, you said that was, on the uh, show. I don't we all know that.
1: It was an entertaining uh, preseason Sonny's episode, uh, episode 192 of The Pot this week.
3: Yeah, we enjoy the preseason sunnies every year. We started this the first year of the show. First, it was just Mike and I handing out our, our awards, per se, and then we opened it up on a survey. Uh, the fun part about the sunnies is not revealing these answers now. It's looking back at them after the season and realizing how foolish we all were on what we thought was going to happen. It happens every year. My favorite was the year. I think we all had Brandon Winbush as like the, the MVP of the team uh, in, in 2019. So it's always fun to look back at these and realize – how much we don't know about anything probably because the coaches the... just lied it was by the way trace they just lie all the time just lie 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 who, who were are your did?
1: breakout players uh, who did you select is that the marlon williams breakout yeah. player yeah, marlon
3: williams was like a three year in a row uh this year the offensive breakout player wait for it hold please was uh was mark anthony richards was voted uh offensive i don't know if i agree with that defensive tremont morris brash
1: mm. favorites right some favorites in
3: there yeah, I don't know if I had those on uh, on my board.
0: I forget who I voted for, but I, I'm pretty sure Celisgar was my defensive guy. Even though I, Was he even one of the options? I don't even know.
1: I, I asked Mike in. on Twitter if I could vote, and I, I got a big no, so I did not vote after the whole AAC preseason poll debacle. I uh, I withheld my vote from the Sunnings.
0: That's good. I don't remember <laughs> you asking me, but if you did ask me, I would have said no.
1: I asked you on Twitter, and you went no. You said yes, no. Thought. So I didn't vote. I, I I took it officially as a no, and I did not vote. I well, want to hey, thank. Uh, yeah,
3: if you ask Mike anything on Twitter, you're going to get a negative answers. So I always mean just just temper your expectations <laughs> off the bat.
1: Uh, I want to thank uh, Jamie Say, WKMG Local Six, for joining us off the top of the show. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, Marshall Scott with pistols firing for wrapping up our uh, Places We May Not Be Visiting series and uh, meet the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put that out as a poll on which cities people want to vote on. And before we end uh, with uh, a player wrapping up the show, Godspeed, Lynn Cheek. Uh, happy to have been part of that special celebration of your life, candlelight vigil out of the Reflecting Pond uh, last night. Uh, Godspeed, Lynn, uh, for Adam and Mike. I'm Trey Stroliko. Go Knights. On. I'm Quadri
2: Bullard, and thanks for watching the Sons of UCF.